Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Mel Lucan released her first EP in 1999 and in recent years has released some lovely country pop singles, including Caught Up in a Dream. Earlier this year, she released the song One Way Ticket and her latest single is also really lovely. Uh, It's called Look Up. It's just a really terrific, inspiring song and I'm going to ask her about that and other things. Hi, Mel. Hi, Sophie. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Lovely to have you to talk about this song and your life in the music industry. So I actually am going to start a fair way back. Um, because you've been in the music industry since the age of 16 yeah. when you were in a group called Shy. What was that experience like? So uh, I was in a girl group called Shy, as you said. Um, it was awesome. We we wrote songs. We had a recording deal uh, with a with a record, an independent record company called, Arct- um, what was it called? Arctic Music. And it's so funny. I don't think people know this. I'm glad you asked. But have you heard of Michael Flanders, the producer? No, I haven't. I possibly have it in, you know, so many producers' names, yeah. In Nashville, he's done quite a few. He's done a lot of Lily Grace's uh, recent songs. He did the one with James Bundle and Lee. And anywho, he um, was the the guy back then who signed us as a girl group long time ago and then we've kind of yeah recently caught back up and he actually produced my my latest single that's coming out but anyway shy shy was great it was I've been singing and dancing all my life and yeah it was lots of fun (laughs) um I'll ask you about uh, him producing your latest single in a second but but obviously yes to get to the point of being in that group at 16 you had to have been a really developed artist already it's not like someone takes a punch on someone who's just talented and has no experience so at which age did you start to dance and sing possibly I was, the only, uh, I was about uh probably seven when I started wow. dancing and I just grew up in on the stage so you know as we a lot of performers do so I did a lot of um you know, concerts and shows and talent quests and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I've been in the industry and professionally worked in the industry for my entire life, really. Ever since I left school, I, I have been in this industry, whether it's I worked in Japan and I did lots of cruise ship kind of stuff. And so, yeah, it's been it's been a long, long journey. <laughs> well, when you were at- I'm sure when you're a teenager, it seems like it's going to be fun and glamorous, but of course it's work and it's, you know, as, as a musician, you have to, as a singer, you have to constantly keep up the work, you know, you've got to keep yeah. trading your voice. So um, has there ever been a time that you have thought maybe it's not the work for me or has it just always been your dedication to this? Well, it's funny. I've never really looked at it as work. Mm-hmm. I, ha- I haven't. I've Obviously I've had other jobs and things as well. It's always been my main uh, career, I guess, um, but I've never looked at it as work. It, the only time that I sort of took off from it was when I had the kids, and I I had to be sort of there for them mostly. And so um, I've never, but I've never once thought this is not for me. Never, like, which is why I've come back to it. Do you know what I mean? After having kids, it's always just been there, and always will be, I guess. Yeah. So. At what age, therefore, because as you said, you've been in it in the industry for quite a while since your teenage years. At what age did you actually think this this is a path I want to take? Was it when the opportunity came up to be in Shire or was it earlier than that? 
Uh, it was earlier, definitely. And I didn't always, I did other things before I wrote music. I did musical theatre a little bit back in that day. But no, I think probably around the age of 14, I knew that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to drop out of school at that age and go to performing arts school, but mum and dad wouldn't let me do that. So I finished normal school up until year 12. And then from there, I was gone. But that, that was it. I went straight into my first show. So um yeah, it was it was young. It was about 14 probably. Yeah. And musical theatre is such a great background because of course you learn stagecraft, mm. you learn how to how to perform for an audience, not just to perform a song, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that the whole theatrical side is slowly coming out, you know, drifting away. And and as I say to people, like it's so scary for me sometimes still to get up on stage and sing my own songs and tell my own stories because that's kind of new, I suppose. Um, I've always played a character which is totally different. You know, I, I never got nervous for that kind of thing because it's not you. It's, you're not that. You're not as vulnerable. Um, mm-hmm. But what a great foundation! Yeah, definitely. You learn how to work an audience and be on a stage. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when did you start writing your own songs? Uh, I always, when I was, I, I did sort of dabble in it when I was young, but probably not until I was a little bit older. I reckon I was probably 20 when I wrote my first song by myself with the guitar and, and we recorded that. And then it really, yeah, it really started kind of around 20 for me. So, you know, I guess that's not old, but but later, sure like that's when I started writing for mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. and did you have some songwriter influences people you were listening to and you thought oh I think that's the direction I want to go in yeah so back then I remember it because I did a course actually where we did a big sort of um songwriting course it was six months long in Melbourne and they they all asked us to kind of have reference artists mine was Jewel Remember Jewel? Yeah. Jewel and Faith Hill, Martina McBride, um, the Dixie Chicks, which are now the Chicks. They were kind of all my main influences. Cheryl Crow, yeah. So those first songs you were writing, were they, I'm presuming they're about your own experiences because that's a natural thing to write about, but did you also have a sense that you wanted to be a storyteller because country music is a storytelling genre? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That first song, like I said, this course we did, we all had to write and then we all had to get on the stage and perform it. Everybody was kind of doing R&B and, you know, different genres and I came out with this like, (laughs) it was very country. It's just, that was just, that's just in me. That's just how it came out. Yeah, and of course it was about, I was 20, so it was about, I don't know, I think it was about loving someone who didn't love me, you know, all all that (laughs) Um, kind of content. But, yeah, definitely, and in that song I definitely told a story for sure and that's where it started. So, yeah, that's the best, that's the best part about country music is the storytelling. Mm-hmm. So have you been writing songs fairly constantly since then? I know you've had children so there's not a lot of time to, to write songs around having kids, but I'm wondering if you have kept that up as a practice. Right. Yeah, definitely. Def- not uh, Ever since I started back in about 2019, um, yes, we did a lot of writing. That's when I released On the Water and Caught Up in a Dream. And then the la- over the COVID time, like the last couple of years, I've been very much digging into that. So collaborating, I've written with some awesome talent in the state, uh, in the in this country, like 
Melody Moko. We've co-written some stuff, Gina Jeffries and Rod. And they're, and they're all yet to come out, those songs, but I have a big bank now. And so I probably won't, I, I definitely am more of a collaborator. I like to work in groups, um, maybe of one other or two other people. Hmm. I don't really do it alone as much now. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you found out by doing? Like you had been writing songs on your own and thought, yeah, this is what, what you do. And then you had a collaboration yeah. and thought, I oh, know, that is far preferable. That's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I got the opportunities. It's just been a really cool uh, last couple of years of, of um, I guess, what could you call it? Synchronicity of be- of meeting who I've met. And it's just weird how how the journey has where the journey's taken me. But, yeah, it's definitely the doors have just opened and I've definitely been able to write and just meet and network with some great, talented, amazing people. Mm. Those, yes, the silver lining of the pandemic has been the Zoom co-writer and even just the Zoom connection for artists, I think, um, people to write with that they might not ever, ever otherwise have written with just because you weren't in the same place. Exactly. That's exactly right. Yep. It was perfect. And it wasn't always the Zoom thing for me either. It was just I'd started going to gigs and shows locally. Um, obviously, that wasn't as much through COVID, but um, just I've just met people. I'm a face-to-face person. Like I like a good Zoom, but I prefer to be in the presence of people. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I did it. I've just met people and we got in a room somehow and yeah, it's been really cool. Like there's been lots of things that have happened over the last couple of years that I look back and go, wow, that's, yeah, it's it's been wonderful. Mm. But you said you've got some songs written that, uh, that, that obviously you're working towards bringing out, but are you at the point now where you actually have too many songs? And you're uh, gonna- I do. I've, yes, yes, I do have lots, but I think I've narrowed it down to a good sort of 10 from here that will go on the upcoming album. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And it's funny, the content is not, it's not your, I think it's very storytelling and it definitely fits in that country genre, but it's not typical, uh, you know, boy meets girl, break your heart, drinking kind of, not to Mm -hmm. say that all country music is that at all, but it certainly isn't that kind of content at all. Um, So, yeah, we will see. You shall see. (laughs) Well, yeah. and I and I would absolutely agree with that assessment about it because one way ticket, for example, is and your latest song they're they're inspirational. I would say that's yeah. that's what it is more than you know the darker side of of lyrics if you want to call it that. But you know the the catchphrase in one way ticket is that life is a one way ticket, and it's very mm. much about I think taking opportunities and not mm. wasting time. But I'm wondering what inspired it initially. Yeah. So well. I think it was it, it, a lot of what inspires me now is teaching things to our youth. I know that sounds pretty cliche, but uh, when you become a mum, I've got, and my kids aren't little, little anymore. I've got a one who's 12 and a half, a girl. So we all know what that's like at that age and um, nine years old. And you can see, you can see as they're growing, like the mental health stuff that comes up and like, the, thing, the way that they talk about themselves and all this and that. So everything that I'm writing now is all about teaching them or giving advice or like, you know, just trying to, to help guide our youth because it's so important, hey, like the young they're going and how they feel about themselves. So that's what it's about for me, a lot of the content, yeah, a lot of what I'm writing. 
I don't think it's cliched at all because there is there is a lot in the world now to make young people feel despairing. I think there's so much information about the things that are going wrong, um, about whether it's you know the climate or politics or whatever it is. I would think there's they're bombarded with messages that actually adults are stuffing things up. So if there is an adult who can say, no, no, I'm I'm showing you there is a path that's not stuffed up. Yeah. Um, actually, I care about what happens to you. Mm. That's what and that's what I'm about. And you know what? For a little while there, I thought, oh, I can't do, I can't really, every song that I put out can't be just inspirational and and exactly what we're talking about because I thought, oh, you know, you think radio, maybe they won't. But now I'm really at the point where I just it's just going to be exactly what's in my heart. That's it. So, and that, and that's what's in my heart. I, I can't help it. That's every day. That's what I'm living. Yeah. Is trying to guide, teach, and and just you know help young people. I guess. Yeah. And when you communicate from your heart, that's authentic. And mm. again, that's a hallmark of country music to be authentic. And so, if you were trying to do something else. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't work as beautifully as it does. That's and right. that brings me to Look Up, which is also, I think, from your heart. So what's the story behind that one? Oh, man. So Look Up is really, is really for me, the, the beginning of um, just the beginning of really showing my true self in music and exactly what I was saying. So it, it was so awesome how this song came about. I got into a writing room with Nolan Wynn. Have you heard of Nolan? He's written a lot of stuff with um, all sorts of people. James Johnson's recent um, singles. He's a wonderful writer and he is an Australian federal police officer. So he has not a lot to do with music on this side but is such a great writer and lyricist. Anyway, we got in the room and he is a father of daughters and we just start talking about life as you do before you start writing a song. And we just both immediately went to this topic because we've both got girls of similar ages of social media and the digital pull that's happening in our world today with young people. So this is what the song's about. And I don't want to come across as someone who's saying, I don't like social media and, and, and all of that because that's not true. With what we're doing, it's got its place. It's very powerful and it's great in business. And we know that with, with for adults. But I don't think for young people it is. And I think as a society we've got it wrong. And um, I'm genuinely worried about it. I think it's, it's a problem and maybe not even just for teens but society in general. And I'm passionate about it. So this is what this song's about. It's called Look Up. And you can probably figure out the rest. <laughs> I do think it's also about appreciating the natural world in part. It's like, yes. you know, go outside, look up, look around, see what's there. So the, the so you are framing the message in a positive way in that respect. It's actually not saying, as you said, it's not saying don't look at social media. It's actually saying yeah. look at the other things that Correct. are around. Yeah. yeah, and I think that when people hear this song, they can make their own, they'll gather their own meaning from it. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. that's what it's about for me. That's where it came from. But 100%, you know, it is. And in the chorus, it talks about that. Um, yeah, just look at looking up and out because it's not all doom and gloom. And sometimes if we get buried in this, it can seem like that. So, mm. And you do sing it very joyfully. And I'm imagining when you went into the studio with Michael Flanders, who, you know, because he produced you as a teenager, which is such a lovely um, thing to have. <laughs> 
have a have a circle moment. I don't want to say full circle because that implies it's over. But um, but I, I suppose there could have been some different ways to sing it. You you could have had a more stern tone, for example. Mm-hmm. And you chose to go with joy. So um, yeah. how would you channel that in the studio? Well, that's just naturally how I sing anyway. So I don't. I find it difficult to put negativity into my my vocal. But yeah, no, I, I do. It is more of a a joyful and positive thing that I'm trying to bring out in the song. Like you said, a couple of people who, who've heard it have said that. It's like, oh, it feels so exactly that word, joyful and just happy. That's awesome. Like I hope that that's what I've brought in this song, you know, to kind of shed light on that issue a little bit but make it, like you said, in a joyful, positive way mm-hmm. that, that we can just look up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So did you and Michael fall back into working with each other fairly easily? Well, obviously it was done differently because he's in Nashville and I'm here. Um, I recorded the vocal with a different producer or somebody who works with him and then the vocal went to Michael and they did the rest uh, over there in Nashville. But, yeah, it was cool. It's it's he, he and I didn't connect, hadn't stayed in touch all those years. Mm. It's just that we kind of came across each other again. And I was like, what are you? Hang on, because we because when I was in the group um, with with Shy, it wasn't necessarily country genre back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's landed in this amazing Nashville scene with country music, and yeah, it was a lovely full circle moment. Mm-hmm. And once you said he worked with Lily Grace, I thought, well, I've interviewed Lily. I'm I'm sure she mentioned his name, but but you know, yeah, I <laughs> there are lots of producers in Nashville. Um, so yeah. you mentioned working towards an album's worth of songs so are you recording one song at a time or are you you're doing some chunks when you can uh some chunks so I've, I've done this latest one look up and then I've got a couple more that I'm doing next month and then I'll do a couple more at the end of the year enough to release sort of next year and then probably by next year I'll have the album so, yeah. Are you looking to um, play some shows? Because obviously live performance is something you know very, very well. I do, and it's so funny. I, I'm not sort of at this stage planning a big tour or anything. I've got a bit of a different life going on. You know, I'm a mum. I've got kids. I can't really take off for a month at a time with, with what my husband does as well. Um, it's not really on the cards. So for me, it's lo- it's local shows. You know, I'll do a weekend. I like to do little supports for people. That'd be, that's what I'm looking at doing. And yeah, just maybe like Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast and Brizzy. I'll do some local things there. And then there's some little festivals and other big ones that are in the pipeline. But I think end of next year, when I release the album, that's when I'll organize to do a proper tour and we'll, we'll all go. Yeah. That's what so I'd like to do. Yeah. You mentioned that you'd uh, worked in Japan as a singer and on cruise ships. Once you weren't doing as much live performance as that, did you miss it? I definitely miss the singing. You know what I didn't miss, though, which I'll never want to do again, is all like the quick changes and, the um, you know, because I did that life for so long where I'd do 100, you know, 20 numbers in a show and it'd be quick changes and it'd be the wig off and the new, all of that kind of stuff. I don't miss that but I really missed the, the singing. And, but again, I didn't really miss um, playing a character. That's why I came back into original music. And now it feels like this is the real thing, you know, being authentically me, this is the happiest and most fulfilled I've ever been in music because I'm actually 
you know, doing what I was meant to. I'm being an artist, not a a character, I guess. Mm. Yeah. And do your kids think it's cool that you're making music or do they just think, oh, that's what mum does? Kind of. They sort of, yeah, my littlest nine-year-old does. She's all about it. She wears my merch. (laughs) She got me me to sign it. (laughs) Oh, that is very cute. (laughs) The other day. And then she'll say things to her friends like, have you heard of Mel Lucan on Spotify? <laughs> oh, so cute. Whereas my 12 and a half year old, not so much. Yeah, right. No, she, 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 she's okay with it. But yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't tell her friends. <laughs> she certainly won't tell them if you're playing live anywhere that they might no. see. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Well, I hope they uh, both listen to your songs and and hear the beautiful messages that are in them, which are inspiring and authentic, and um, I love them. So thank you so much, Mel, for your time. I look forward to what's next from you. And in the meantime, people can listen to Look Up. Thank you, Sophie. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.